Hi, this is Anoli Barede, and you are listening to Astro Across the Globe. Hi everyone, and at last, welcome to episode 5 of Stros Across the Globe, the podcast presenting an international view on the Houston Astros, brought to you as always in association with Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. If you don't know me, my name is George Martin, who you may be familiar with in particular on Twitter as at Astros Fans UK. I have a great show in store for you all today with a superb guest and the result of a very special competition. A lot has happened since episode 4. The shortened 2020 Major League Baseball season somehow battled its way through the COVID-19 hellscape to reach its conclusion, and following a very underwhelming regular season, our Houston Astros managed to rebound in some style in the expanded postseason before falling agonizingly short of reaching another World Series when they were ousted in Game 7 of the ALCS by the Tampa Bay Rays. Presently, the Astros find themselves at the dawn of 2021, facing what would appear to be potentially a crossroads year for the club, with the legendary George Springer looking almost certainly to have played his last game for the team after entering free agency this winter. Plus, Michael Brantley's future also very much in the air, with no signs of the Astros re-signing him as of yet, though hopefully that may change. But if he does leave as well, it will leave holes in the outfield which need to be addressed if we have designs on extending our championship window. Add in Carlos Correa entering an arbitration case with the club ahead of his final year under team control, Justin Verlander's Tommy John surgery, meaning he too may well have had his last hurrah as an Astro, and also closer Roberto Osuna having been released, the next 12 months, and indeed the next few weeks, will provide a significant test of new Astro's GM James Click's credentials. In and amongst all the chaos of 2020, one of the major Astro storylines which came to the forefront was the emergence of the phalanx of rookie pitchers who had to stand up to be counted and did themselves proud on the biggest stage. As you will have heard from the intro to this episode of Strohs Across the Globe, I was very lucky to get the chance to speak with one of those very rookies, Anoli Paredes. He exploded onto the scene in 2020 and wowed Astros fans with some truly nasty pitching late on in ballgames and really giving us a reason to be positive moving forward. We discuss his debut and emotions upon making it to the majors, what it was like playing without fans in such a uniquely unusual season and his preparation routine, before moving on to talk about the Astros clubhouse in 2020, how much he enjoyed working with Brentstrom and Dusty Baker and also a look at his journey to the majors from the Dominican Republic and his baseball inspirations growing up. After my interview with Anoli Paredes, make sure to keep on listening for the result of which Astros fan has won the amazing prize of an MLB authenticated baseball provided by the Houston Astros and signed by none other than Michael Brantley. Best of luck to everyone who has entered, but there can only be one winner. Although this time I also have the awesome runners-up prize of an Apollo Media Strohs t-shirt to give away as well. Thanks as ever for the positive comments for Strohs Across the Globe so far. Please make sure you subscribe, rate and review Strohs Across the Globe on the podcast platform which you listen to this via. If what I'm doing is giving you reason to be cheerful as an Astros fan, wherever you may be, then that really does make my day to hear that, believe me. Now, it's time to listen to a fun and upbeat chat with one of the Astros' most exciting new young pitchers of recent years, Anoli Paredes. I hope you enjoy it. Right, the first Strohs Across the Globe of 2021, and what a way to kick things off. It gives me enormous pleasure to welcome onto the show an extremely special guest, none other than the Houston Astros' electrifying young reliever who had a thrilling debut season in 2020, La Bola de Fuego, the fireball himself, Enoli Paredes. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. First and foremost, how are you? I'm good, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be in your program. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. 
I guess the first question, not baseball related, would be how are things at the moment in Dominican Republic in terms of COVID and, and what we're all facing right now? What are things like there? It's real, you know, with the COVID, but I find the way to work to get ready for the season. Well, I saw your video from Instagram the other day, looking good, looking like you're getting some good work in already. Yeah, because, you know, the first, last year was my first year. Mm. Now I had to be ready. They're going to know what I have, so I... I had to be more prepared, more ready to face a hitter that now they know what I got. What kind of work are you doing at the moment? Are you playing in any games where you are or are you just working on specific pitches? What kind of training are you doing? Yeah, I was working in something specific, like in my body. Mm-hmm. I'm now, I'm close to go to a sprint training. So now I'm working in my pitches, getting my arm ready. I'm fresh at the same time, not trying too much. You know, now we got one month to be ready to go to the season. So I'm working my pitches now. My location was the one thing that I was working mm. this whole season. You know, that's very important, the location in Big League. Absolutely. I think I speak for all Astros fans when I say we were enormously thrilled when we watched your kind of explosion onto the scene in 2020. It was always something which kind of get the blood pumping, seeing you come out there and touching 100 miles per hour and really giving us something exciting to to watch through the season. I wanted to dive straight into July 24th, which was your debut against the Seattle Mariners. I wanted first to ask how and when did you find out that you would be playing on that day, your first game? How I feel my first game? Yeah, like when did you find out? Did you find out earlier in the day? Was it something that you knew from days in advance or how soon before the game? No, they, they just told me one day before that I get them in the big league. But I, in my mind, I don't was like, I don't was ready to pitch that day because, you know, it was the opening day. I was a rookie pitcher and I was just looking for a player who I know, who I hear before. When they when they come to the bullpen, when they say my name in the night, I was a little excited and nervous because, you know, but in my country was 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 watching the game and was the first the first game in, in big league was my debut something that I that I dream to be there to be sharing the same field with Correa Tuve all these players I can only imagine was, what sort of thoughts were going through your mind when you stepped out to the mound for the first time your heart must have been racing I'm guessing but if I if I can explain with war I'm gonna lie so I can explain that was that was one of more beautiful moments in my life to be mm. there without people there. I'm excited to be to be in the 2021. 20, so I'm excited to be with fans to see how they're going to be. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it was such a, I mean, extraordinary year. It doesn't even begin to kind of accurately summarize what 2020 was like, not just in baseball, but of course, around the world. And was there a level of bittersweetness? Like, was it a little bit of a shame? You're making your debut, but unfortunately there weren't fans there to be able to see it. That must have been quite unusual. It's this incredible moment, but then to have it in an empty stadium must have been very different from how you imagined it. Uh, I, I just was thinking, you know, it's big league. It doesn't mm. matter what, if you are with people or not. With the name, the big league, I, I, was, I was nervous because... I was nervous, but I, but I can control everything. But it was a side moment, and without people, I imagine with people how that's gonna be when you get the base low, when you have to fight my trials, some people like that. That's <laughs> Definitely, a challenge. That's a challenge. It was very, very strange as a year. I mean, again, additionally, you had the, obviously you had the rule changes as well. What was the general 
feeling of the players towards the rule changes for the year, particularly ones which would affect you in terms of the minimum batters you could face being extended to three, which obviously makes a huge change to the way that managers are using their pitching options towards the end of a ball game. Did the players have positive or negative feelings towards that? Or did they more think that it was just necessary to try and get a season played? No, I think that... I don't know what what I had to say. I mean, was it a problem? Did the pitchers generally think that that was something which changed the experience or was it more a case of, no, we just get on with business, we just get to work? Yeah, that's what we put in mind. That's a weakness, you know, so you have to to, to work and be forward. I think one of the major knock-on effects of the pandemic and the way that it shortened the baseball season, so obviously it was 60 games rather than 162, was the way that they had to ramp up spring training part two in such a short space of time. And many pitchers suffered from injuries, and most notably, obviously, Verlander and Roberto Asuna in particular. What was your reaction both you personally and also the team to the injuries that when you had to kind of dig deep as a unit lots of rookie pitchers together yourself included did that help bring you together yeah but this thing when when you saw that Belan was out Osuna was an, an opportunity to to the younger player and in me my myself in special I, I was thinking that's my opportunity mm. that you know the life give you one opportunity and I and, and I I was thinking to take advantage of the opportunity to show that I can be there. It doesn't matter who was there, Belander, Grinky, Cole. So now I showed last year that I can be there, that I'm part there. And and I just, every day I was, I, I, I put in my mind that I have, when I get the opportunity to get my best, to help the team. It doesn't matter who was there, Belander or not. When they give me the opportunity, I try to do my best to help the team. To try to get the World Series, we were close there, was close. Yeah, we were so close, weren't we? I mean, one game, I think it's easy to look back and and think of regrets, but I think it's a better outlook to congratulate not just the team, but particularly yourself on the year which you had, which proved not so much doubters, but I think that there were people who were unsure how the team would play without players like Verlander. And really, you guys stepped up and did a great job. You did a great, great job. The next thing I wanted to ask you about was in the absence of some of these players, how much support did you get from the veteran players that were there, the older players? What kind of advice did you get? Uh, I'm thankful with the veteran player, Correa, Maldonado, and Presley, Bregman. They always make us feel comfortable feel part of the of the team and when I get the opportunity to be with Osuna when he was there I asked questions because you know all my career in the minor league was like a like a start I asked about when I get the opportunity with Osuna and Presley you know it was my first time in the bullpen so I asked when I get the opportunity to the veteran what they look in the hitter how they prepare there to, to be ready quick, you know, because you don't know when you're going to get in the games. Sometimes you have just fight through to be ready and be in the game. And I was learning about the veteran when I get the opportunity, like I told you, I ask how they prepare, how they work in the gym, how, how, how they go or when they go in the training room and everything like that. That helped me a lot because the veteran feel us like feel comfortable. Me, Javier and all the veterans, was feeling us like in home. I think that was that was one point that helped me there. 
That's great to hear. I mean, I think for 2021, one of the major reasons why Astros fans are excited is to see the further development of pitchers such as yourself, such as Christian Javier, seeing how you move on to the next step. Additionally, the, the year that Framber Valdez had, which was unreal, he just kind of blossomed into this pitcher that we weren't sure that he would, was going to become. And now he's looking like a potential future ace. So that is why we have so much excitement going forward. What's it like working with Brent Strom? How much involvement do you have with him? Uh, he, he was like a dad for me, my father. He he was always trying to help me in the throwing program before the game, after the game, and those workers too. You know, he's a veteran and he knows about, a lot about baseball. And he calls my son, so I feel comfortable there. You know, it's that he's a manager that have like almost 20 years, like a manager. So when you saw that in a manager, veteran, call you your son, something like that, you feel comfortable. So you feel good. You had so much experience with both Brent Strom and Dusty Baker. It was a real support pillar for you guys that you could kind of rely on because you had so many rookie pitchers looking to test themselves and try and find their feet. But also having that support must have been a real boost. So you knew that you weren't alone. Yeah, we learned a lot. We learned a lot. We were strong. He was working with us in, in, in West Palm Beach before the season. And he, he gave me some tips that when we get back home, you know, for the coronavirus, I was working on, on that and that helped me to get success. So when I get there, I keep working, asking, you know, he's mm. a veteran, he's very world serious and everything like that. So you have to take advantage when you get the opportunity to be with people like that. Definitely. What that brings me on to next is what are your targets for 2021? As in, what are your personal targets? Uh, we, I'm ready. I'm working to be ready. Uh, it doesn't matter what, where they want me to pitch. If you're starting closer or I'm going to be ready when they give me the opportunity to help the team to, to all the World Series because that's my dream. And, and I know mm-hmm. that's the dream all team, big league, want to be in World Series. And, and I lived the experience in my first year. And it's unbelievable. So I'm working hard and I asked Javier and all the Latin players from the Ballet. We was close there. Now we have more experience. So we can be in the World Series. And I'm working. We're working hard to help the team. For sure. One thing I wondered was, do you have any particular pre-game routines? Do you have any particular way of doing things that you would always do before a game? I guess some players are very strict on how they do particular things and others are a bit more kind of free and easy. What's your kind of approach? Yeah, I, you know, I have my, my daily routine. So to be in big league, you have to get a routine. You're not going to be there every day doing mm. something different. So you're not going to get the, 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 the what you want. You had to be. You had to create a routine. That's what I do when I get there. I was looking for a small team that can help me to be ready to be in the game. So I'm working with a medicine ball, a heavy ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I knew that I was pitching like in the seventh day. So between inning, I was working with the heavy ball and stretching something like that with the bands. That 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 my arm feel ready when the call go to the bullpen. So. I just had to get the ball and, and throw a couple of pitch in front and I can be in the robot and be ready quick. That's interesting. I had wondered what kind of, from the outside, I'd wondered what kind of training you do. So it's a lot of flexibility work, core work, I'm yeah, guessing yeah. a lot of like explosive type of work. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, I work like, I make with the heavy ball, I throw three to get flexibility and I throw a couple in to get the explosion, you know, to get my arm quick. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite moment from the 2020 Astros season for you personally? 
Uh, the the homer, uh, Carlo Correa. Ah, yeah. I think it was an incredible. It was an incredible moment watching it from around the world. I can tell you that it was just a shame there were no fans there to savor it because I think had that been at Minute Maid, as it would have been, had it not been at a neutral ballpark, wow, the place would have absolutely exploded. What a, a fantastic yeah. moment! What was the general atmosphere and the general mood like in the clubhouse, Astros clubhouse during the season? Was it was it positive? Was it worried about the pandemic or was do people players get on with things how were, were people happy how was it that that's one that one thing that i love the positive it doesn't matter if we lose or, or we win we get the same the same like we was happy we were trying to help we lose and we get a meeting and the veteran player told to us hey when we lose we learn we never lose so we learn and we was positive all the season i think for that we was when when nobody Think that we was there, we get there, and we show that that we have that, that we that we have a good team. And mm-hmm. but I think for that, for the positive of the player and manager, yeah, and everything there for the love that we have each other. Yeah, I think it does show how tightly knit the players are, how close you guys are. Who are your sort of closest friends in the group? I'm guessing Christian Javier is one of your closest buddies. Anybody else that you kind of gelled with particularly? Uh, Maldonado too. Yeah, Maldonado. Who he was always calling us. Hey, what are you doing? Are you ready for tomorrow? In the position, he always called you after the game. Hey, you scared? You was nervous? <laughs> ready? You ready tomorrow? You had to. You had, you had to help us to win. And he was always joking with us. With with me in special. That's good to hear. Feel free not to answer this question. Obviously, there was a lot of controversy before the season relating to the past. The baseball media made out that it was affecting the team as a whole. And I wondered, did the team feel any extra pressure because of the stuff that had happened before? Or was it a case of that the media kind of over blew that and made it out more than it was? I mean, you can feel free, again, feel free not to answer it. But I just wondered from a player perspective, was there any added pressure because of that coverage? Uh, yeah, I would talk in myself because I didn't yeah. think about that. I, I don't was part of this. Mm. And I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to talk about something that I know that I didn't know. I yeah. didn't was there. I, I don't know what happened there. And during my mind, what I had to do, work, mm. trying to help the team, do my bed every time that I get the opportunity. So when the media asked me about that, my question is, I don't know about that. I can talk about something that I, that I didn't know. Yeah, I think good answer. Simple like um, that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go back to earlier in your life. So growing up in Elimon in Dominican Republic, what was your journey to baseball? How did you become the man you are today and the player you are today? Uh, my family. I'm the number nine member of my family to be a, to become a professional baseball player. My dad, you know, I grew up in, with, with, with people just talking about baseball. And that's how I grew up to my dad always bring me to the field to practice to watch the game. So I started feeling love for the game when I was a kid, when my dad bring me to the stadium, when I get back to my house, I, I, I was crying because I don't want to leave the field and always my dad bring me to the field because I think for that I growing up and now I am who I am for my family. Who were your favorite players to watch both inside the major leagues and perhaps in the Dominican Republic as well? What players kind of inspired you? Um, I have a like room model. My room model was uh, Pedro Martinez. And when I get in big league now this year, well, my my favorite player who was uh, Abel Pujol is a position. But you know, 
and you talk about Adul Pujor. It's a pleasure, and and he and he learned my name, and he was always when we face Anaheim, he will call me for my name, and he give me one or he bad, and he write everything that he get. I have I had the bad in, in my house. That's incredible. I mean. Albert Pujols, great player. He's caused Astros fans a lot of pain over the years, but he's a great, great player. And I think, yeah, um, yeah he's one of those guys which, yeah, an absolute legend without question. Was there a moment when you were growing up when you realised, I can do this, I can actually make this? Obviously, your career is only just beginning in terms of the majors, but to where you've made it now, was there a moment you thought, I can do this? Uh, when I was 16, when I was 16 years old, someone come to me and told me, hey, you have a good arm. If you work hard, you can be you can become a professional level player. And if you work and if they give you the opportunity, you can be in big league because you know how pitch and, and you have passion for the game and you love the game. And then what was when I when I when I put in my mind so I can be a professional. And that's when I realized that I that I can be a professional. And three years later, I signed with the Astro. So my first day that I was in the in the academy here in Dominican Republic, I was looking around all the players that we got there, and I said, "Yeah, I can be in big league." So I gonna I just had to work hard, and I and I and I read about all the players like the regular, mm-hmm. and they always talking about discipline, work hard, and love the game, and that's what I did. For this reason, I am I am in the big league. No, it's true. Your hard work is paying off and, and long may it continue to pay off. Can you remember your feelings when, uh, how did you find out from the Astros that you were being signed? I think it was in 2014, in December, you were yeah. signed as an international free agent. How did you find out? Uh, I was living in another place from, I was living in La Romana and I was early in the day. I was in, in the complex and uh, exhibition and and I faced, I faced, Four hitter and I get four strikeouts, so I know that I that I get that I do a, a good work. There was Alcala too. We traded Alcala for Presley to Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I get back to La Romana, and they call me like night thirty. My my agent called me. He told me, "Hey, the actor just signed you." I jumped from the house and I and I was crying all the. Thank God, thank God, you know, because that that, that was one opportunity that that, that I was waiting. So I call my mom, I call my dad, and there, there was a good moment when they called me and they told me, I didn't ask how much I signed or how many. I just was happy because I signed. It doesn't matter how much they just want the opportunity. That's fantastic. I can only imagine that feeling. It must have been incredible. How would you describe life as a pitcher in the minor leagues? Like when you were going through from rookie level when you were with the Gulf Coast League Astros and then you went through to Quad Cities and Buse Creek and uh, Woodpeckers beyond that. What's life like as an up-and-coming pitcher in the minor leagues? What's difficult, you know, you don't get you don't get a lot of money in the minor league. So you had to send money to your family and you, got, you had to live. Uh, you had to learn how to live with another Poultry. You had you, you had to do everything by yourself. You had to cook. You had to be in a different language. So that I don't gonna say that was easier. But I always thinking why I started to play baseball and why I'm there because I I, I wanted to help my family and that's what that was something that that pushed me to to do my best to to give my 100 percent and. I was thinking everything speak. I was thinking, hey, bro, everything speak about big league that is good. So if I don't want to be in the minor league, I just had to work hard and to show to the other that I can be there and 
and they can have the team there. Yeah, I think that's a very positive and admirable way of looking at it because, yeah, you're absolutely right. To not have the kind of financial backing that would be ideal, but also, I mean, also for you learning a new language as well, I'll tell you what, your English is a billion times better than my Spanish. So uh, it's incredible that you're able to do that and very inspirational as well. It's been fantastic to watch your rise so far and long may it continue. I mean, one thing I did want to mention was that great video you put up after ALCS of when you returned home and there was that parade with everyone celebrating and welcoming you back home. That must have been an incredible experience. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was beautiful one because I didn't know. When I get here, I drive from the airport to my house, like two hours. Nobody told me anything. When we get in my home city, when I saw all the people waiting for me, that was, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. And I'm thankful with my home city because they, they always give me support in the good moment and in the bad moment. They always was just believing in me. And the good thing is, that I am the first big league player that we have in my, my home city. Oh, wow. Must give you a real sense of warmth to get that love back from your people in your hometown. Yeah. Can you give us, for the listeners, a funny story, a funny moment from the, the Astro season last year, which we may not know of, something funny which happened could be in the game, outside the ballpark, whatever. Just something funny which made you laugh. Uh, so, uh, all the, the people like was the, you know, the cannoli, cannoli, yeah. cannoli. I, I take the picture in Fayville mm. uh, when I get in big league, my first interview with Julia. Yeah. I was thinking about the cannoli and when she asked me, hey, you remember <laughs> something in, in Fayville? And I said, no. Nah. And, and they showed me the picture. You remember the cannoli? That was the, the, the funny moment in, in there when, the, when they told me about cannoli. So the people started to post in the, the picture of cannoli there and it was funny. They made t share. And all the people, my that's my nickname right now, Noli Canoli. All the people, hey, Noli Canoli, Noli Canoli. It was great to see that on the broadcast. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Julie Morales, who obviously having recently had a kid, will be very welcome back onto the broadcast there because they do such an excellent job tying it all together. One final thing, just explaining a little bit about myself. I've been an Astros fan for 20 years here in the UK. Are you, are the players aware of the global Astros fans at all? Are you aware of fans outside America and indeed the uh, Hispanic world? Are you aware of global fans at all? Is there something you guys ever talk about? If not, just to let you know, there are Astros fans all around the world. I'm always trying to connect the fans in different countries together. We've got 150 Astros fans here in the UK. I'm sure we may have more. I'm constantly trying to find them. Do you have a message for the Astros fans around the world ahead of 2021? So... Yeah, that uh, I can wait to see all the fans crying to support me, to push me, to do my best, to celebrate a good strikeout. You know, I'm fun and, and I like to celebrate when I get a great out. And I can imagine with all the fans crying this together with me, I think that they're going to be fun and, and something that I love to, to share with the fans. I'm open with the fans. The people test me and, and I love to share with the fans my experience to to joke, to, to have fun, you know, because we are there for the fans. The fans, the fans help us a lot. Now we play for the fans. So I love to share with the fans and, and open with the kid, say hi when, when I'm walking to, to, to the mountains or something like that to be fun. So I, join, I enjoy 
share with the fans. Awesome. I just want to say uh, a huge congratulations again on your 2020 season and best of luck for 2021 as well. Naturally, hoping that we can go, well, one better at the very least and, and make that World Series in 2021 and hopefully win that World Series in 2021. So I wish you the very best of luck with that. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to be there and we're going to be in the World Series again and we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win this year. That's so we have we have player we have we can we can we can get there and we can win. So it's a good thing and we are the Astro, the best team in in the major league. That is true. That is very true. Just wanted to say a huge thank you again for joining me on the show. Can't wait to see you in 2021 and yeah, go get it all. Go get them. Thank you, brother. I hope to see you there. I hope so too. We'll have to wait and see on that one. A long way away, but, but I hope so. I'm, I'm still waiting to go to Houston for the first ever time. So fingers crossed. Okay. Cool. Thank you, brother. Have a good one. Thank you. That was a lot of fun having the opportunity to talk with Anneli Paredes and a breath of fresh air to hear such a positive outlook on things in the world which is sorely lacking in the department right now. I was impressed at hearing how focused he is on being absolutely prepared for greater challenges as a pitcher in 2021 and particularly his awareness that he will need to strive to develop further in the knowledge that hitters will be ready to face him after last year. I love to hear about Anoli's childhood journey through baseball in the Dominican Republic and how his family's extensive history within the sport has fueled him to make it this far. When you consider the language barriers that face young Latino baseball players trying to make it into Major League Baseball, the success in doing so is all the more impressive. He was a hugely exciting player to watch in 2020 and I really can't wait to see how he looks to be better in 2021. One thing I neglected to mention, apologies Anoli, were his social media details. So make sure you follow him on Twitter at Anoli Paredes and also on Instagram as Paredes underscore 48. Okay, it's the time now for the big draw to see who's won the amazing prize of the baseball signed by Michael Brantley. I had a fantastic response to this competition, by far the largest to date with over 150 entries across all platforms. I've taken down all the Twitter, Instagram and Facebook handles of everybody who entered and assigned each of you with a number. Remember this competition was open globally to all fans. Let's head to Google's random number generator with a number of total entrants set as a maximum and it is time for the big result. The winner is number 45, who is at Astroboy1926 from Twitter. Huge congratulations to you. I will send you a DM as you will shortly be the recipient of an MLB authenticated Michael Brantley signed baseball courtesy of the Houston Astros themselves, who I would like to thank immensely for providing such a great prize. Wow. Well, I know many of you will be disappointed to have missed out there, but I'm not done just yet with the giveaways as a runner-up will be receiving that really cool Stroh's t-shirt from Apollo Media. Let's go back to Google's random number generator to see who that lucky runner-up will be. And it is number 108, who is at H-Town Team's Guru. Congratulations to you too. I will be sending you a DM as well so you can get that Apollo t-shirt sent on its way to you. That's just about it for episode 5. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter at AstrosFansUK and on Instagram as UKAstrosFans, plus on Facebook too now as George Martin. Trust me, from my display pic, you will be able to tell it is me. Do get in touch with me if you have any Stros Across the Globe questions. You can also email me at AstrosFansUK at gmail.com. It would be remiss of me not to request that you please also follow Apollo Media over in Houston at ApolloHOU on Twitter and ApolloHOU on Instagram. All Houston, all original. That merch store they have is a goldmine and it's only going to get better. Get on board with that as soon as you can. Don't forget that if you make a purchase from Apollo, you can use the code ASTROS-UK to get yourself a sweet little discount on what you get. Time to go. An enormous thank you for listening to Stros Across the Globe. Please subscribe, rate and leave a review. I want to make sure my content is what Astros fans are looking for and nothing better than your feedback to know for sure. 
Not to let the secret too much out of the bag right now, but I'm working on another very exciting guest for episode six, so watch this space. I look forward to having you all with me again for that hopefully very soon. Until then, wherever you are across the globe, let's go Strohs.